When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is August 10th, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Michael Lorenzen threw a no-hitter. Uh, nine innings, of course, zero and run, zero hits, four walks, five Ks, and he needed 124 pitches, which honestly, I'm fine with him throwing 124 pitches. Uh, it's a six-man rotation for the Phillies right now, and they have a day off, so there's going to be a lot of time before he pitches again. So as far as the no-hitter hangover is concerned, I'm fine with Lorenzen. The problem is that he gets the Jays next, and I don't think that you want to start him for that. Guys, I understand how good Lorenzen has been. If you want a Vargas rule and just ignore it, by all means. You know, it's just, I I just think he's good against weak opponents. This was the Nationals. Uh, the Jays are way, way tougher, and he does not have an overpowering fastball. I don't really even want to know. I don't even know what his best pitch is. His four-seamer has returned a 183 batting average allowed, which is kind of wild. Um, hard contact rate on the slider is 36%, and he throws it about a third of the time. And the changeup only holds, holds a 24% CSW. So it's been good results in the changeup, which is nice. It's just it feels like Lorenzen isn't good against good teams and just bad ones. And he's had one of the best schedules of anyone this year. But awesome moment. I'm so happy for him. Just for fantasy-wise, don't just get carried away with this and think that now he throws a no-hitter and he's fine. Just look at... Frambert Valdez. Uh, Kevin Gosman's an ace, and that's great. Shoei Otani's also an ace, and it's kind of annoying that there's always like some question mark about his health every single game. Uh, you have, of course, the finger cramps before, and then this one, the trainer came out to start the sixth of like the middle finger, I think, blister stuff, and maybe there's some ramifications of that. I don't know. I just hope he's okay whenever he pitches. You start him. Merrill Kelly is looking great. Uh, I had an interesting conversation with Spore about him on the stream last night for Emerson Hancock. Uh, his MLB debut. Thank you guys so much for joining for that one. That was a lot of fun. Um, playback.tv slash pitcherless. Come on by, guys. We do those all the time now. Um, we watch live games with you. It's great. Uh, it's free. Merrill Kelly, changeup's amazing this year. We just keep rolling to the end. I'm just not going to be too high in 2024, but who really cares? And uh, you have Bobby Miller on the other side of that six inning, zero and runs, four hits, four walks, four Ks. I just want him to throw more than 10 over 22 strikes in a curveball. That's under 50%. You can't do that. Uh, the slider should be an amazing whiff pitch. The four-seamer is uh, 100 miles per hour and I think is generally very well located. It's just, huh, we're like so close, Bobby Miller, to you just being so dominant. And yes, this is a good start. It's just, I want him to be better. That's all. You um, Darvish was the opposite side of Emerson Hen and Hancock. Uh, six innings, zero and runs, two. It's two walks, four K. So we watched this one on playback two. And it's sweepers, sliders, and fastballs. Um, I mean, sinkers and four-seamers. Actually, more four-seamers and sinkers, surprisingly, in this one. And I just don't know what kind of approach is there for Darvish these days. I feel like he should have more than 4Ks against the Mariners. Um, I don't know. It, it's You just keep starting him with this chaos, kind of. And he's been a sudden five of his last six starts, and I can't really complain about that. It's just I missed that approach he had for those two games. It was so good. Austin Pruitt opened for Freddie Tarnock, who uh, went four frames and got a win uh, for of shutout ball, which is great. Um, only three hard-hit balls. I don't really think that uh, Tarnock... Um, is that great though? And this was against the, the the Rangers. It's weird. I'll be keeping an eye on him, but I didn't really see anything that was truly exceptional with Tarnock there. 
Uh, Ian Hamilton opened for Luis Severino in hopes that like it would work, and it didn't. Two innings and four in runs, so we do not continue with Luis Severino. And honestly, I, I don't know if the Yankees are going to continue with it. I feel like he needs time to figure it out, um, separate from starting games. Uh, Sean Manaya was opened for by Ryan Walker, but Manaya went four innings and one in run in six Ks, and whatever. I'm sorry, I, we've seen him have some rare times like that, but that's not something you want to chase. Graham Ashcraft got a King Cole, 36% CSW against the Miami Marlins. This was the most believable start I've seen from, I think, all year. Seven innings, one and run, three hits, one walk, seven Ks, 18 whiffs, 50% CSW. Once again, that slider that is a PLV darling, eight over 38 whiffs. The cutter was really good, eight whiffs all of a sudden, and also just pretty good command on that. Not the chaos I've seen many a time. Sinker was actually arm side and getting strikes, and this is really good. Um, he gets the Guardians next. I, I'm going to try it. Like At the very least, we Vargas rule this with Graham Ashcraft. It's kind of fun because it was so bad early in the year, and now it's kind of great. So hopefully this sticks around for Graham Ashcraft. Mike Clevenger against the Yankees came through and got the win. Six innings, wanted to run. PL Bot predicted this one, and props to PL Bot. I, I, honestly, I think it's the Yankees just being bad as opposed to Clevenger being good, and I would, uh, I'm giving the gold star because I just had no expectations for Clevenger. Um, but, uh, yeah, you don't really want to pick him up. It's not a good schedule moving forward, and I just don't trust what Clevenger does at all. There's nothing exceptional. Logan Allen on the Guardians against the Jays. Um, after seeing Tanner Bybee and Gavin Williams destroy the Jays, I had some, uh, I don't know, skepticism about Logan Allen because the fastball is not really his thing. However, he did lean with four higher four-seamers like those other two did. And, yeah, it was a BSB approach. That's based on blueprint. It worked. Five innings, one and run. Now, seven base runners, three walks, and only three Ks and just three whiffs. But there is something to be said about uh, Allen adapting like that. That's kind of cool. Maybe it is about the Jays saying, like, look, you guys you guys are really bad at high fastballs. Um, but, yeah, Logan Allen, Toby, avoid in Cincinnati. Like, this is still not that great of a start. You didn't get a win. You just got one and run over five innings, only three Ks and a bad whip. So, whatever. Emerson Hancock, by the way, as I was talking about before, with Darvish. Uh, five innings, one and run, two hits, three walks, three Ks. I kind of dug it. Um, it's sinkers going opposite sides of the plate uh, with a cutter that's a solid cutter that he gets strikes with and some whiffs um, and a changeup that was inconsistent, but we saw flashes that made it look really good. And that was apparently his best pitch in the minors when I read the scouting report before the game. So I think over time, Hancock actually can uh, be better with that changeup and is worthwhile. The question I have really is how far can that sinker get him? Uh, it's it's not overpowering like the other guys. The other guys are all four-seamer focused guys, and Hancock is like, no, that's a sinker. I mean, if you want to call it a four-seamer, you do what you want, but that is a riding one that is horizontal movement focused, um, and I believe it really is a sinker. It's a Toby, essentially, is what I see from Hancock. There is more upside than a general one. If the cutter and changeup are immaculately placed, then you can see those strikeouts coming. But he is really leaning on jamming guys inside with right hand, uh, right-handers with that sinker and front hip to lefties with it, which I kind of dig. So um, I'm solid with this. He gets the Royals next, and I that's a pickup for me. Um, Jordan Montgomery against the Athletics, also 87 pitches. That's cool. MLB debut was a little bit flustered at first, and Kim did his thing. The only run was actually Kim stealing two bases after a walk and then a comebacker to the mound to get the only run allowed by Hancock. That was the first inning, so... Yeah, you, you, you brush that away. Jordan Montgomery against the Athletics. Got 13 whiffs, two earned runs, and six innings. Got the loss because life is dumb. Uh, and it's Jordan Montgomery. Seven hits, one walk, five Ks. It's fine. Uh, you know, it's a bit of a shocker that he didn't really give you too much. Just two earned runs and five Ks. The whip isn't good. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it's fine. You just keep starting him. Uh, Kyle Hendricks against the Mets did what he's supposed to do with good command of a sinker and his changeup. So we keep starting there. 
Uh, it's always, of course, matchup based. Do not start against the lead offenses. Christian Javier finally threw sliders for strikes. It was great. 65% strikes. However, the four seamer wasn't good. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Now, I will say, like, he's, I believe, so much more in that four seamer becoming good again. So, as long as strikes are happening with the slider, and if that actually sticks around for Christian Javier, now might be the time to jump in, which is really interesting because you might get him for cheap, seeing the five innings of 200 runs for its three walks, three Ks, right? Someone might see this 10 with 21% CW and not think about the actual skills that he's showing. Now, I'm not saying that the slider is going to be 65% strikes moving forward, but I maybe there is something. We haven't seen that for a long time. So, I hope so. I, I truly do. And Javier will have a better forcing moving forward. It's just about that slider. If that slider gives you over 60% strikes, then we're in business here. Uh, Nick Pavetta against the Royals had uh, uh, five innings, 200 runs. Four hits, two walks, and eight strikeouts got the win against the Royals. The slider was perfectly placed down in a way, and the curveball uh, got seven whiffs this time. And he gets the Nationals next. I'm absolutely going for that one. I'll tell you other ones that I'm going for moving forward. Um, and, of course, tomorrow's and today's starters, if I can say sentences. All of that after this break. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789. David Peterson against the Cubs. I mean, yeah, 3.2 innings of 200 runs for its two walks, five games. We don't want that. Uh, Peterson only 62 pitches. I mean, maybe the slider's coming back. It was a 25%, actually 33% uh, swing strike rate, but yeah, the, uh, no. Um, Jalen Beeks uh, opened for this one because Glasnow was pushed to the weekend. So they had a bullpen game. Johnny Cueto against the Reds. Five innings, 300 runs, five hits, one walk, five Ks. Um, you don't really want to go with Cueto against uh, the Reds in Cincinnati. Next up is Houston, so no, we're not doing that. I mean, there's a deep chance that he has his pristine command, and that works anyway, because at least, at least with Cueto, he has the opportunity to go six innings, right? And there's something to be said about that relative to other guys, um, but no. Dakota Hudson against the Rays, five innings, got the win. Three earned runs, seven hits, one walk, two Ks. My gosh, I can't believe that actually happened. Um, that's insane. <laughs> you got some production from this one for Dakota Hudson. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, Jack Flaherty against the Astros. Speaking of the Cardinals, well, this is the former Cardinal. Five innings, 300 runs, six hits, two walks. But he got eight strikeouts, 43% CSW in the four seam. The breakers were solid as well. And you face the Astros, and that's just kind of what happens. The velocity was at 93 and change, not 94 and change, which we expected because the adrenaline was a little bit lower, not the first start. But I'm seeing good things here from Flaherty, and we're going to keep rolling with this. Alex Fajardo against the Twins did have his great slider, 46% CSW on it and 8 over 39 whiffs, but everything else was so bad that we don't want to go for this. 4.2 innings of 300 runs for its 2 walks, 5Ks. Now, that wasn't so far away. Like, one fewer run, one more out, and that's good. 
right? You get your full five innings, but you know, probably would have gotten the win here. Uh, it's just the other stuff is so bad. And like, you're not going to see 46% CSW on the slider every time. Uh, so you don't want to trust Alex Fajardo where this was a spot start anyway. I don't even think he's in the rotation replacing once. So yeah, move on. Jordan Lyles against the Red Sox, eight innings, four earned runs, seven minutes, one walk, six Ks. This was a complete game. So props to him for that. That's cool. I'm happy he got a complete game. I'm sure it was a complete game loss, which means they didn't, uh, you know, he didn't have to pitch the bottom of the ninth on the road. But so that's just kind of cool. Um, Adrian Hauser against the Rocky Road. Uh, it was the stream pick of the day because Brian Wu went on the IL. Five innings, forward runs, five hits, one walk, five Ks. Kind of close against Rocky Road, but yeah, no. Uh, he just chucks fastballs and also 1.2 ticks down on, one to two ticks down and everything is not good either. I don't really want to go for Hauser, but I understand that there are starts like this in the future that will arise and be a little bit better than this. Not No, not Luis. They will show up. Um, Bailey Ober against the Tigers. Another strange one. We saw Cutter Crawford with 20 whiffs and only last 11 outs. That is 3.2 innings and do terribly. We saw here Bailey Ober also earn the Gallows Bowl with 22 whiffs, 9 strikeouts, 1 walk in 5 innings, but 4 in runs and 11 hits. What the heck? He got singled out. Like, that's a... 2.4 whip, which is so bad. But, I mean, look, I understand. Changeups and sliders were more in the middle of the plate than usual, but come on, 22 whiffs against the Tigers, and this is the ratios you give us? At least you get nine strikeouts. Um, you keep rolling with uh, with Ober. He pitched way better than that line. Quinn Priester um, against Atlanta didn't do well. What a shocker. Um, speaking of that game, though, Max Free was on the other side. Four innings, four and runs, six hits, one walk, four Ks. What? Uh, he was sitting two ticks harder. 95-96. I'm not worried in the slightest here. It's just, what the heck? Uh, Chris Flexen gets starts for the Rockies these days, and he was in Milwaukee and just was not good, and you do not want to do that. And Mackenzie Gore is a cherry bomb on the other side of uh, Lorenzo, and I just got to say props to Gore for making it easy for the Phillies to say, yeah, go out there uh, with over 110 pitches for the ninth inning because we're up 7 to nothing. It's fine. Thanks a lot, Gore, for giving us that, but honestly, he's just a cherry bomb, and you don't want to be chasing that, even though he had 19 whiffs even when he does come through with the whiff department, it doesn't even mean that he's going to do well. So you just don't want to do that. All right, looking forward to today and tomorrow's starters. We have James Paxton, Aaron Nola, Kenta Maeda, and Clayton Kershaw. All pretty easy here. If you have Clayton Kershaw, I'd say go for it against the Rocky Road. I don't think he's going to go more than five innings, but still, I think it's just like, yeah, it should help you. Probable start here, Bryce Elder is a Toby against the Pirates. I know he didn't do well last time, but that was against the Cubs, and the Cubs are really good. And you stream him against the Brewers, and you stream him against the Pirates. Don't think it... Don't overthink this. Hunter Brown against Baltimore. I'm going to do this. I think Hunter Brown's in a good enough spot. It is also in Baltimore, which is pretty much what it is in Houston anyway, as far as the park factor goes. I know Baltimore is a little bit scary, but they're actually outside the top 10 in WRC Plus and all the things. So, uh, and like all the different date ranges, I think you're okay here. Um, questionable start here on the other side is Dean Kramer against Houston. I think that's worse, of course. Uh, the Kramer's cutter is good down. Fastballs upstairs uh, need to be there. And the stream pick of the day, surprisingly, is Zach Little against the Cardinals. Um, I think there's a cheap win potential here as Matthew Libertor is on the other side against the Rays. And I think that Zach Little can go five or six with the Blake Snell blueprint and steal a win here. So I have him in the questionable start here. There's something sneaky about that as he's, I mean, very reluctant stream pick of the day. He's very close to do not start. And do not start Alec Manoa against Cleveland. I just do not want to touch this. Uh, Alec Manoa, I know you had a really good fastball last, uh, sorry, slider last time. I do not expect that to be as good as it was. It was pristine command and everything else is still bad. Reese Olsen, I uh, no, does not have what you need. Patrick Corbin, Matthew Libertor. Alec Marsh is getting an opener. Uh, Noah Syndergaard, Ty Bloch, and Bailey Falter. None of that do you want to go with. 
I'm looking forward to tomorrow's games. You have Luis Castillo, Corbin Burns, Blake Snell, Jesus Lazardo, Justin Verlander, and Tarek Skubal in that top tier. Ending with Tarek Skubal inside of Fenway, the Red Sox are much worse now, actually. In the last two weeks, I think they're 27th in WRC Plus or something. I'm not as scared as I was before. And Tarek Skubal's fastball is so good. Even when it wasn't even commanded that well last time, it still was so good. Plus, the secondaries are coming along. I really like that one. Uh, Probable start tier... Lance Lynn against Rocky Road is like a super high win chance. Great defense. He's doing well with the fastball. It just makes all the sense. Andrew Abbott didn't do well last time, but this is at Pittsburgh, and I feel like that's just too good of a start not to do. Nestor Cortez looked so good against the Astros. It was only four innings, and it was a limited, limited pitch count. So I'm a little worried that he might go like four and two-thirds or something like that against Miami. However, if you have Nestor Cortez, you are going to do this. It gets a little bit dicey here in the second half of the Probable Star 2. You have Jose Brios against the Cubs. The Cubs are hotter, but honestly, Brios, you're just going to keep going. Uh, Kyle Gibson has looked better, but I know his history of volatility. However, it is also the Mariners and in Seattle, and they really give in to what Gibson is doing. That is, they chase a lot of sliders and change-ups out of the zone. So I do want to lean a little bit more into this, a decent win chance as well. Uh, Christopher Sanchez, I think, pitched much better than the line suggested in his last time out, and the Twins strike out a lot, so I think we're going to roll with that one, and Charlie Morton is a hipster, you don't know what to do with him, however, good win chance against the Mets, uh, good strikeout potential, ratios is the weird one, so do what you want to do there in the probable start or questionable start tier. Questionable start tier for tomorrow, you have John Gray against, uh, San Francisco in San Francisco, and I feel like this is the start where John Gray has a better four-seamer and has that slider that he's had the past couple of starts where he starts his ascension of being really good for like another month. So I'm actually leaning into that one at the top of questionable start tier. You have Aaron Savelli, who should be much better for the Rays' good win chance against the Guardians. Joan Aviedo, who has been much better recently. I don't know how much I like the four-seamer. I don't really buy it, but it's a good enough slider. It's, it's Cincinnati on the road inside of Pittsburgh. I think you're okay with that one. Uh, Paul Blackburn is the stream pick of the day against the Nationals. His changeup and slider have been good recently. Um, the Nationals don't strike out that much, so I don't love it, but, you know, he's middle of questionable starts here as a stream because there's nothing else. You want to don against the Athletics on the other side of that one. I know he was perfect through five in his last start and hinted at it in the sixth, but his stuff is not that good. He did not pitch nearly to the degree that perfection would suggest. So, I get it. It could work out against the Athletics. I don't want to do it. The last two are bigger names. We have Reed Detmers against Houston. He just hasn't been good for a month, and Houston's terrifying. Then you have Chris Sale coming back from the IL. He pitched about four innings or so in his last one. I don't, in the last rehab start, uh, I kind of feel like he's going to be babied in this first start back. They even talked about him being like, oh yeah, he would normally do more rehab starts, but we're going to limit him as he comes back. It's against Detroit. I'd honestly just say leave him in the IL spot after the first game. And uh, for right now, and then activate him later next week if you can. Make your decision later. Do not start here. Michael Kopech, I don't care. Like, no. Brewers are a little bit better. Ross Stripling against Texas, no. Ryan Nelson is not very good. And the Padres can damage him. Uh, the last seven are terrible, so I'm going with Austin Gomber first, even though it's at LA, the Dodgers. Because last eight games, uh, he said seven of them of two runs or fewer, which is crazy. But this is the Dodgers. I mean, come on. Zayvon Curry, no. Adam Wainwright, I don't care. It's the Royals, no. Tyler McGill gets Atlanta, absolutely not. Dallas Keuchel, Javier Assad, and Angel Zerpa, who probably shouldn't even go very long. So that is it for today. Uh, thank you all so much for the support. Make sure to go to playback.tv slash pitcherless. I stream there every single morning. Also, we do these live, uh, live watch parties, and it's free. Go join there. Sign up. Uh, just uh, just click the, uh, the thing to be a member of it, and uh, I hope to see you there. But that is all. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your balance be low, and your strikeout's high.